Hello everyone. Falcha, welcome to the Incomparable History of Ireland podcast. This show is to share the richness of this ancient island. It's Misha Lauren. I am Lauren, your host on this journey through the stories of this Emerald Isle. I represent the Clan Nagel of Delaware, an Irish society for the education of Irish language, history, and culture. This episode, we continue in the Ulster cycle with some of the same old characters you've been experiencing. This story is Deidre of the Sorrows. King Concubar Magnessa came to power as a young man, and you met him earlier. He took the kingship from his foster father, another guy you met earlier, Fergus McGruck. He always showed great wisdom. When he was new to his throne, he and his warriors, the Red Branch, were invited to a feast in the house of Philomid, the harper. Philomid was so excited for the night because his wife was about to give birth to their first child. He asked if concubar, Magnessa, his druid, Cothbad, would make a prophecy to tell him what was the story behind his new baby. Cothbad placed his hands on Philomid's wife's womb and said that the child was going to be a girl and she should be named Deirdre and that she would grow up to be the most beautiful woman who ever lived. But, he said, an excess of anything is deadly, and she will cause so much trouble that she will split the red branch in two. Now, the red branch are hearing this, and when they hear this, the men of the red branch demand that the child be killed there and then, before she even had a chance to fulfill her destiny. But Concubar wanted to have the reputation of a wise king and a merciful king, So he stopped them. He said that he couldn't allow the death of an infant in the house of its father, but that he would take the child when it was born, and he would raise her up in secret. And if she grew up to be as beautiful as Cuthbert had promised, then he would marry her himself and put her in such a high position that no man would even dare to look at her. So Magnessa took her when she was born, and he took her to his old nurse to take the baby to a hidden valley and raise the child away from anybody else. From time to time, McNesso would go to visit to check on how Deirdre was getting along. She grew up every bit as beautiful a child as was prophesied, but she didn't have much affection for McNesso. Though he was fair-haired and handsome, and had no shortage of female admirers in Emenmaka, Deirdre just had no interest in him. The old nurse was so very protective of Deirdre and careful to make sure no one saw her. The only person besides McNessa who she let into the valley was an old man who would come by and help her with some work. He was a mute and could not tell So no one would know about the girl because they couldn't hear it from her or her enchanted beauty. One day in early springtime, when the snow was still on the ground and Deirdre was almost a woman, 
the old nurse had the old man slaughter a calf for her and Deirdre. The blood spilled out onto the snow, and a raven came down to eat the bloody snow. And when Deirdre saw this, she cried out, and she fell and faint. The old nurse thought she had been so upset at the sight of blood, but Deirdre told her nurse that she had fallen in love with these three colors, and she would only give her love to a man with hair as black as the raven, skin as white as the snow, and cheeks as red as the blood. She asked the old nurse if she knew of any man that looked like this. The old nurse dreaded the question. Because she was unable to deny Deirdre anything she asked for. She told her that there was a son, the youngest son of Yusinek, a warrior, the Red Branch, young, brave, and beautiful. And his name was Nisha. And he had the coloring Deirdre loved. He was inseparable from his brothers, Anin and Arden, and he was the most handsome warrior of the Red Branch. Deidre pestered the old nurse to find some way to let her see Nisha, but she refused. She told Deidre she had seen him soon enough when, Conum, when Magnessa married her and took her to Emenmaka with him, but Deidre would not be put off. She begged, she begged and begged to let her see Nisha, and eventually she relented. The next time she was in Emenmaka, she told the son of Yusnik that there was a wonderful hunting to be done in the valley where she lived and to be sure to go there the next time they were hunting. She told Deirdre she could spy on them when they came and make sure she was not to be seen. But when the brothers came to the valley to hunt, Deirdre fell in love with Nisha the moment she saw him. She knew that this was the only man for her. Before the old nurse could stop her, she stepped out to greet him, and it was as if that moment she turned from a girl into a woman. She smiled at Nisha, she flirted with him, and he completely fell in love with her at the moment he saw her as well. She asked him if he would run away with her, but Nisha knew she who she must be. And he knew that she would belong to Magnessa, his king. So he refused. But then Deirdre put a geisha on him, an obligation magically imposed on somebody, that he had to run away with her. Nisha had no choice then but to get Deirdre as far away from Emenmaka as he could before the king found out. His brothers, Anil and Arden, refused to be separated from him, so the four of them fled Ulster with servants and retainers. Now they knew there was nowhere in Ireland that they could rest and be safe, so the sons of Ishnach took Deidre across the sea to Scotland. The brothers entered into service with the king of Scotland and became part of his army, but they never stayed in the fort with the other warriors. At the end of every day, they would go off into the wilderness. No one knew where, and the king of Scotland grew suspicious and decided to find out why they were keeping a secret from him. 
He sent spies to follow him, and the spies reported back that the three brothers had come to a camp in the middle of nowhere, where they were greeted by the most beautiful woman any of them had ever seen. And she would make them their home. And in the wild, she took care of them, brothers, cooking fine food for them and making sure they wanted for nothing. As soon as the King of Scotland heard this, he's like, wow, about this great beauty, he wanted her for himself. He knew he couldn't kill the brothers when they were sworn to serve him. So he put them in the front lines of every battle, hoping they would be killed. But they were such great warriors that didn't work. But Deirdre realized what was happening and persuaded Nisha of the dangers they were in. They left the King of Scotland's service and fled further into the wilderness, coming at last to a remote island in the north. Guess where we're going? Near to the training school of the warrior woman, Skahara. <laughs> they lived in the wilds for many years, the brothers hunting and Deirdre making a home for them. Back in Emmanmaka, Fergus was the only one brave enough to raise the subject of the sons of Ishnak with, with Macnessa. When Macnessa thought of Nisha's betrayal, it never failed to drive him into a, just a rage. But Fergus was very fond of the sons of Ishnak, and he never stopped arguing for Macnessa to forgive them and to let them come home. He made so many arguments and so many pleas that at last Macnessa gave in. He told Fergus he could invite the brothers back to Ulster and place them under his protection as a guarantee of their safety. So Fergus went to Scotland, and when he landed on the shores, he let out a shout far in the wilds. Nisha was playing chess with Deirdre at the time when he heard it. And he was like, he jumped to his feet and said, that's the shout of an Irishman. Deirdre tried to dissuade him, saying, oh, it couldn't be. It was definitely the shout of a Scottishman. Fergus shouted from the beach again, and Nisha leaped up, crying, that's the shout of an Ulsterman. But again, Deirdre dissuaded him, saying, no, it's not. And then Fergus shouted again, and Nisha cried, that's the shout of Fergus. And nothing Deirdre said could persuade him otherwise. He asked her why she had lied, and Deirdre told him that she had had a dream the night before. A raven had flown over Scotland and from Ireland with three drops of honey in its beak. But when it landed, the honey turned into blood. But Nisha and his brothers were just so excited at the prospect of seeing Fergus again that they dismissed her dream as a woman's imaginings and rushed to greet their dear friend. So they get down to the beach, and here's Fergus, and they hug, and everybody's just, they're just so excited to, to see a countryman, especially an Ulster man. And Fergus told them the wonderful news. Macnessa had finally been persuaded to forgive them and take them back into the Red Branch, and the brothers were thrilled. They had missed Emmanmaka so much, and all their friends, they swore an oath that they would eat, not eat or sleep till they were back home in Emmanmaka. But on the voyage back to Ireland, Deidre never once took her eye off the shore, shoreline of Scotland. She sang a lament for having to leave the mountains and the lochs of Scotland 
the only home she had ever been happy in. When they landed on the shores of Ulster, a local man came to invite Fergus to a feast. There was a Gisa on Fergus, and all the Red Branch warriors never to refuse a feast in their honor. And so he could not refuse. Now this man had prepared the feast for Fergus at McNess's request. He was not nearly so ready to forgive as Fergus thought. Deirdre begged Fergus not to desert them. She was sure something terrible was going to happen if he left them. But he told her, I can't refuse. I have to go. And then Deirdre berated him for being a coward and deserting the men he had put under his protection. He was more interested in eating and drinking than an honor, she screamed. And to appease her, Fergus had his son, Fiku, take up his duties to ensure their protection. When they arrived in Emmanmaka, Macnessa did not come out to greet them. He sent the old nurse instead, and she told Nisha to hide Deidre's face, and she brought them to the speckled house where the warriors of the Red Branch hung their weapons and the heads of their enemies. They were given food and drink there, and Nisha and Deidre played a game of chess to pass the time. Macnessa was of two mindsets. He was really torn to forgive or not forgive Nisha. He wanted to let it go. He knew it made him look bad to hold a grudge for so long, but he became so furious when he thought of Deidre getting away that he could not bring himself to forgive Nisha. He asked the old nurse, what did Deidre look like? Was she still beautiful? And she said, oh, the wilderness has ruined my poor Deidre. She's a hag. Her skin is weathered. It's gray. Her fingernails are dirty and broken. Her teeth, they're, they're just yellow. And her hair has become coarse like a horse's mane and out of control. At that, McNess's jealousy was abated. And he thought how fine it would be to welcome the brothers back into their, his service because they were such great warriors. But then Magnessa started thinking it over. He was not sure he could trust the old nurse to be impartial when it came to Deidre. So he sent a servant to spy in the window of the speckled house and report back to him. Nisha saw the man looking through the window and threw a chess piece at him that knocked out his eye. The man came back to McNessa with one eye missing and said that if that was the price, it was worth paying to have seen Deidre, and he would gladly give up his other eye just to look at her again. Oh, and this caused McNessa to go crazy. Jealousy came flooding back, and he called on his warriors to attack Nisha and the sons of Ishnak. But half of the men refused to attack their former brother-in-arms and would not fight. The others attacked the speckled house. The sons of Ishnak put Deidre in the middle of them and stood shoulder to shoulder in a circle around her. They were able to fight any number that came at them, and no matter what side McNess's men came from, they were met with swords and shields. Fergus, his son, Fiak, fought McNessa's son in a single battle. Connell, 
saw a man attacking his king's son, and without pausing to see who it was, he struck Fiecker down through the head. But when he saw who it was that he killed, he cried, A king's son for a king's son, and cut the head off of Macnessa's son. Macnessa could see that his men were making no headway, so he went to Karbad, the druid, for help. Kathbad agreed to help him, but only if Macnessa's sword that he would not kill the son of Ishnak. Macnessa agreed that he would not be the one to kill the son of Ishnak and said he only wanted Nisha to apologize and all would be forgiven. So Kathbad sent a spell that surrounded the sons of Ishnak with a black and hungry sea. They had to swim. They had to swim through, They were on, even though they were on dry land. Nisha put Deidre up upon his shoulders, and they swam and fought off their foes until exhaustion overcame them and their weapons slipped from their face. Macnessus men seized them, and Macnessus said that while he couldn't kill them himself, he would give a fortune to any man who would do the deed for him. None of the men of the Red Branch would do it, but at last one man stepped forward. He said he was the son of the King of Norway, Mainru Hand, and Nisha had killed his father and brothers in battle a long time ago. He said he would be glad to kill him for Macnessa. Anli spoke up then and asked to be killed first. He was the youngest of the brothers and had never lived without his brothers and did not want to be left alive after them. Arden, too, begged to be killed first, so he did not have to watch his brothers die. Then Nisha said that he had a sword given to him by Manon McLair that could cut down anything in front of it. He asked Mainru Han to use a sword and cut their heads off at the same time instantly. And so that is what they did. The three sons of Ishnak laid their heads down on the same block, and Mainru's hand swung the sword and chopped all their heads off. When Fergus came back from his feast and saw the sons of Ishnak dead, and his own son dead besides, he burned Enmanmaka to the ground. Then he and half the Red Branch warriors, who refused to take part in the fight, left Ulster. They went to Macnessa's greatest enemy, Queen Maeve of Connacht, and pledged their service to her. Macnessa put Deidre into a beautiful house and surrounded her with the finest things. He began to court her, but Deidre hated her hate towards him never cooled. She just could not stand him. She would not even look at him. She wouldn't speak to him. She wouldn't even acknowledge his presence in any space that she was in with him. She cast aside every gift he gave her, took no joy in the luxuries he surrounded her with. He would come to sing outside her window, as if he was famed for his beautiful voice, and she would shut the window, complaining of a horrible noise. After a year of this, Macnessa grew angry that all this kindness was being snubbed, and he came to ask her if there was any man on this world 
she hated more than he. And Deidre turned around and said, well, I hate you with all of my heart, but I hate Maine Ruhan a little more because he killed my Nisha. So McNessa said, in that case, I'm going to give you to him for a year to do with as he pleases. And we'll see if you're any kinder to me after that when you come back. He sent for him to come and take Deirdre away. They placed her in his chariot with him sitting on one side, McNessa on her, the other side. And on the way to Maine's County, McNessa joked that she was helpless as a ewe between two rams. They passed by a place where the cliffs hung over the road and Deidre leaned her head out of the chariot and dashed her brains out against the rock. She was buried in Emmanmaka, near to where Nisha and the brothers lay. McNessa could not bear the thought of them touching one another, even in death, and he had stakes of wood driven in the ground between the two graves. But the wood grew roots down into the graves, and two trees grew. Fergus and the red branch knights that went to Connacht to fight for Queen Maeve would later fight against their Ulster brothers for Alil and Maeve in the War of the Cattle Raid of Cooley, the Irish Iliad that we heard in the previous episode. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Incomparable History of Ireland. Please leave a review so that I can get better and better at providing these for you. And also, you can visit my Facebook page, Clan Miguel, Delaware. Our next episode, we're moving on to the next cycle in Irish mythology, and Finn McCool and Tiernanog, and oh, it's going to be exciting. Can't wait. Slana give. Goodbye, everyone. Godi on Haid Ur Ella. Until next time. <laughs>